Welcome to the Gridiron Goodies Podcast. I am your host, as always, Stephen Scott. On today's episode, I will recap the games from over the weekend, I'll hold myself accountable as we do a little bet busting, and lastly, we'll check in on the results of my fantasy football advice, all coming up on this episode of the Week 14 Full Recap. This was a really weird weekend of football. Most of the big games people were excited about turned out to be one-sided. I realized I hate having two Monday night football games, and my team has a very decent shot of stumbling their way into the playoffs. Let's dive into all of it, starting off with my watchable games list from the preview. First up, we had the San Francisco 49ers with a 28-16 victory over the visiting Seattle Seahawks. The Niners improved to 10-3 on their year, while the Seahawks fell to 6-7. The score doesn't necessarily reflect on how dominant the Niners were in this game. Their offense managed to put up over 500 yards total. Almost every single offensive weapon in that unit went for over 100 yards doing what they do. Drew Locke ended up starting this game for the Seahawks and played decently, but ultimately it wasn't enough and they fell short. This team is likely out of the playoff race at this point, but they looked feisty enough to affect the standings for playoff hopefuls. Next up, we had the Buffalo Bills with a 20-17 victory over the Kansas City Chiefs. Bills rise to 7-6 as the Chiefs fall to 8-5, and, and for the first time in a while are in danger of losing their division. Strange officiating has seemed to follow this Chiefs team around all season. This game was no different. Both Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid have both displayed frustration over a call that I felt was the right call as Kadarius Toney was definitely offsides. The play at Nullified, however, was awesome, and I do agree with Mahomes that the call ruined a really cool moment by Travis Kelsey, but it was the right call. They should be more frustrated at Tony for putting them in that position. I think their recent comments about the refs were more so a culmination of bad calls over the past few games, not just a result of this last one. They can agree with the call or not, but the fact is they had a full 60 minutes to play this game, and their offense played poorly most of that time. The struggles with receivers, not named Kelsey, was clearly on display here. Dropped passes and dumbass mistakes constantly put them behind the sticks. Even their rushing attack struggled without Pacheco. Nothing about this offense screams dangerous right now. For the Bills, Josh Allen played an alright game. He struggled a bit through the air, but got his legs involved and came away with another scrambling score. James Cook was the star here. He went for over 125 all-purpose yards and a score. Overall, I came away from this game feeling like the Chiefs lost this game more so than the Bills won it. But more than that, the Chiefs might be on the verge of a breakdown. One more bad loss could spell disaster. The last game on our watchable games list is the Dallas Cowboys' 33-13 victory over the Philadelphia Eagles. The Cowboys rise as the leader of the division at 10-3, while the Eagles fall to also 10-3. This game turned out to be a bit of a dud. Dallas dominated this game in every aspect. Dak Prescott didn't have an amazing day, but he was very effective at spreading the ball around and keeping drives alive. Pollard and Dowdle are proving to be a very solid tandem as they went for over 100 yards rushing as a unit and scored once. The defense did a great job of forcing three takeaways, and this offense did a great job of keeping possession. They had the ball for almost a full quarter longer than the Eagles did. This team was suffocating on both sides of the ball. 
The Eagles seem to be a bit lost on offense at the moment, and if they don't hurry and figure things out, they may not be able to ever regain their position atop that division. Moving on to my speed round. First up, we had the Texans at the Jets. CJ Stroud left the game early due to a concussion. The Texans' offense couldn't do much. The Jets' offense, and Zach Wilson in particular, looked like a different unit. Both Wilsons played great, and the Jets came out on top as a result, 30-6. Moving on to one of the best games of the weekend, we had the Rams at the Ravens. This was a back-and-forth game all the way until the end. Both teams looked at times like they were going to win down the stretch, but ultimately, the Ravens ended it with a walk-off punt return for a touchdown in overtime. Ravens win 37-31. The Rams look like a playoff team though, especially when Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup are both having good days. Next up, we had the Panthers at the Saints. Despite the score, both of these offenses were fairly ineffective. Bryce Young only completed a third of his passing attempts, and Derek Carr finally finished a game that he started. Both rushing attacks were fairly efficient, but ultimately this came down to the Saints taking advantage of good field position off of turnovers and blocked punts. Saints take the victory 28-6. Moving on, we had the Colts at the Bengals. Jake Browning played a really solid game and gives this Bengals team a real shot at continuing their playoff push. Bengals roll on this one, 34-13. Up next, we had the Buccaneers at the Falcons. I said I wanted this Bucks team to win their division, and now they lead the division with their 29-25 victory. Baker Mayfield is slowly and sort of quietly changing the narrative for himself, and I'm all for it. As long as he has Rashad White and Mike Evans, their offense should be able to figure out a way to make it to the playoffs. Moving on, we had the Jaguars at the Browns. Cleveland decided to go with Joe Flacco as their starter for this game, and I'm glad they did. He looked pretty good and was able to connect with David Njoku most of this game, resulting in two of his three touchdown passes and a 31-27 victory. Flacco played so well that the Browns have officially announced he will be the starter for the remainder of the season. Next up, we had the Lions at the Bears. I said if the Lions weren't careful, they would hand over a victory to their rivals, and that's exactly what happened. Bears win 28-13. Goff and the passing game struggled for the Lions. He was sacked four times and threw two picks. Gibbs and Montgomery in the backfield, however, played well, but it wasn't enough for the Fields and Moore team-up. They combined for three scores, one in the air and both once on the ground. Their defense looks a lot better since the signing of Montez Sweat. They sit firmly in a prime position of playoff spoilers. The Lions, on the other hand, seem to have some things they need to iron out before they head into the playoffs. Up next, we had the Vikings at the Raiders. I couldn't believe that we could have a less exciting game than the Patriots and the Chargers from last week. Yet, here we are. Josh Dobbs played a terrible game. He put Justin Jefferson in the hospital with a shit pass and later was benched for Nick Mullins. This game was so bad that the only thing I was cheering for was a 0-0 tie to go into overtime and break some ancient record. They couldn't even do that right. The Vikings nailed a field goal within the last two minutes of the game, coming away as 3-0 victors in a ridiculously unprofessional game. 
Moving on, we had the Broncos at the Chargers. Russell Wilson channeled his Seahawk days and unleashed a fury of moonballs. Jerry Judy dropped at least two, but Sutton was more sure-handed and hauled in his for a beautiful 46-yard score, all with one arm being held. Sutton is having one of the best seasons he's had since his ACL injury and looks all the way back. But it was their defense who yet again looked dominant, sacking Justin Herbert, who would leave the game later with an injury, four times, and Easton Stick, who replaced him twice, for a total of six sacks. No matter who played quarterback for the Chargers, their offense couldn't do much of anything. The Broncos took the win on the road, 24-7. Next up, we had the Packers at the Giants as one of the Monday night games. Green Bay's offense looked sort of off all game long. Jordan Love didn't play particularly well as he turned the ball over twice, and their defense was no match for Saquon Barkley and Tommy DeVito. The Giants stole a win at home, 24-22. Lastly, we had another Monday night game, the Titans at the Dolphins. Tyreek Hill was injured early in this game, and the Dolphins' offense really struggled as a result. They let the Titans hang around, where Levis and Hopkins took over and led an improbable come-from-behind victory, 28-27. And that will wrap up this week's Speed Round. Let's go ahead and take a quick break right here. Welcome back. Now it's time to hold myself accountable in today's bet busting. For my straight five bets, I went with the following. First, I had DJ Moore to score, which he did. Twice, actually. Then I had Alvin Kamara to score, which he also did. Next, I had Taysom Hill to score, which he did not. Then I had Michael Pittman to score, which he also did not. And lastly, I had Zay Flowers to score, which he did right before overtime. We had a nice little day here and went 3 for 5. For my parlay bets, I went with two three-leg parlays. My first three-leg parlay consisted of the following legs. First, I had Zach Moss to score, which he did not. The second leg was Keenan Allen to score, which he also did not. Lastly, the third leg was Joe Mixon to score, which he did. I went one for three and failed this parlay. My second three-leg parlay consisted of the following legs. The first leg was Justin Jefferson over six receptions. He ended up with only two and a trip to the hospital. The second leg was DJ Moore over 60 yards, which he did hit. Lastly, the third leg was a big one with C.D. Lamb over 100 yards receiving, which he did not hit. We also went 1 for 3 here, also failing this parlay, and ultimately we went 0 for 2 in the parlays this week. No biggie though, we hit the majority of the straight 5s and still came out on top. Next, let's check in on the results of my fantasy football advice. For quarterbacks, I said to take Jordan Love or Jake Browning who scored 10.9 and 24.7 fantasy points, respectively. Then for running backs, I said to take either Zach Moss, who scored 9.6, or Chuba Hubbard with 11.6. Lastly, if you needed receiver help, I said to go with either Noah Brown, who scored 0 points, or Dontavian Wicks, who only scored 4 fantasy points. I went 3 for 5 here. Overall, this was a fairly uneventful, yet very eventful, weekend of football. Some playoff hopefuls have begun to dig holes for themselves, 
and it should be interesting to see who can dig out in these next few weeks. And with that said, that'll do it for today's episode. But before I go, I wanted to make you aware of some changes. I'm switching things up a bit schedule-wise. I will now have the Thursday night preview on Wednesdays, and then combine the Thursday night recap with the full preview that used to be on Saturdays all into one episode on Fridays. The full recap will remain on Tuesdays. So that's one episode on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday going forward until the playoffs. I hope you all have a great rest of your day, and I'll see you next time.